Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Ngamihi Nui and welcome to Our Changing World from Radio New Zealand National. New research published today confirms that Antarctica's icy cap will add significantly to future sea level rise unless we take ambitious action to start reducing greenhouse gas emissions within the next five years. An international team led by Victoria University researcher Nick Golich published results in the journal Nature which show that only the most ambitious effort to curb emissions will stop Antarctica's ice shelves from collapsing. While melting ice shelves don't contribute directly to rising sea levels because they float on the surface of the ocean, they play a crucial role in keeping the polar ice cap in place, acting as a break on the ice sheet. Nick Gollich says Antarctica's contribution to future sea levels could be as much as 40 centimetres by the end of the century, and combined with the impact of an expanding ocean and the melting of Greenland's ice and land-based glaciers, this would lift sea levels by 1.5 metres by 2100. So what we've done in the paper is we've run a number of experiments that explore a range of scenarios. We've simulated the Antarctic ice sheet into the future under a range of environmental change scenarios. So thinking about very warm conditions and also thinking about conditions where basically the ocean and uh, air temperatures don't change too much. So this is exploring the emissions trajectories, I guess, from the IPCC concentration pathways. So it's from business as usual, if we keep going as we are, but the lowest emission scenario would be that most ambitious reduction of emissions. Absolutely. So the lowest scenario we consider is what they call our RCP 2.6, uh, which requires a, a, a quite a significant reduction in emissions um, in the next few decades. The upper end is the RCP 8.5, and that really um, involves just continuing as we are now. And we have a couple of scenarios in between which are, are quite interesting in themselves. Just in terms of the expected temperature increase with those scenarios, we're looking at staying just under 2 degrees in the most ambitious scenario and going beyond 4 degrees warming in the business as usual. Yes, so if we carry on with emissions at the, at present rates, we'll end up with quite considerable warming, actually, by 2300. Uh, the temperature predictions are around 8 to 10 degrees. With the 2.6 scenario, we have a reduction in emissions, so temperatures then they peak at 2100 and then actually start to reduce and then, then plateau by 2300. Uh, and that's much more modest, as you say. It's just uh, one to two degrees, I think, by the by 2300. But the oceans, though, are much a slower system, and therefore what happens in the polar ice caps also has a much, much, much longer life. So tell me what you found about the impact of the warming that we're causing on the polar ice caps. The role of the oceans is really quite critical, and this is something that, you know, a lot of people have worked on over the last few years. It's something that's become much more widely appreciated. Water holds a lot more heat energy than, than air. Over the years, 
that we've had of, of global warming, most of the heat, something like 93% of the heat we've produced has gone into the ocean. And that heat is now very hard to get rid of because it's being taken down to the deep waters. Once the whole ocean body is warmer than present, um, it then has a huge amount of uh, power to, to melt ice shelves, uh, the, the floating parts of the ice sheet. The ice shelves in themselves don't contribute to sea level rise. Because they're floating. Exactly. But the problem is they act as a kind of break on the ice sheet. So you can think of it as um, the chocks under a wheel of, a, of an airplane. If you spin up the propellers on the airplane, you, your plane's not going to go anywhere as long as the chocks are there. And that's the ice shelves. When you, when you take the chocks away, the ice shelves are gone, then the ice sheet will respond and it will start to flow faster into the ocean. And because the ocean is warmer, it will melt, and so it becomes a, a, a sort of positive feedback. And when you look at the model that you've used, what does it show for the ice shelves? And specifically, let's look at the Ross Ice Shelf, which is the one that we're probably most familiar with in this part of the world. Yeah, the Ross Ice Shelf is a, a huge ice shelf. It's a key part of the Antarctic Ice Sheet system. And what we found is that under the RCP 2.6 scenario, the, the very significant reduction in emissions scenario, we can probably maintain the, the ice shelf at more or less present state. The problem comes under the higher emission scenarios uh, where we actually start to lose part of that ice shelf. Under the most extreme scenario that we consider, we lose the whole of the Ross ice shelf within the next century. And that has pretty dire consequences for the ice sheet. What you're saying is that with the most ambitious attempt at reducing CO2 emissions, that's the only scenario in which we can keep the Ross Ice Shelf close to what it is now? That's Anything correct. beyond that eventually leads to a collapse? Absolutely. It's, it's a question of timescales. So under the most extreme warming, we'll obviously lose the ice shelf um, very quickly, within a few decades to maybe a century. But under the more modest warming scenarios, um, what we call RCP 4.5, RCP 6, they will result in the same eventual outcome of losing the ice shelf, but it will just take a bit longer. So it might take two or three hundred years to, to get that, to that point. Given that the ice shelves have this buttressing effect that you described before, would you think of their collapse as one of those tipping points that are often thought of in, in the context of climate change for the Antarctic ice cap or ice sheet? Yes, people talk about tipping points quite commonly with, with ice shelves because of that key control they exert. I guess one of the, the real problems that we have is that if we lose the ice shelves, it's very, very hard then to get them back. So it's not like we warm the climate, lose the ice shelves, oh, maybe we'll reduce emissions, cool the climate, and the ice shelves will grow back. It doesn't really work like that. It's, it's kind of a one-way sort of step change. So we lose the ice shelves because the ocean is warmer. Even if the atmosphere cools, which is itself a difficult thing to do, it's very hard to get the heat out of the ocean. And if you can't get the heat out of the ocean, then the ice shelves aren't going to reform. So the only way to really keep the ice shelves is to keep them. You can't get back there very easily. Currently, looking at the pledges that countries have made to the upcoming climate summit, it's not looking promising that we'll stay under two degrees. What countries are promising to do in terms of reductions as it stands fall short of that. So what 
is really necessary to keep Antarctica's ice shelves. The Paris meeting later this year um, will hopefully set some pretty firm goals for all countries that, that sign up to it. Uh, and there are there are a lot of new technologies around now that will hopefully deliver in terms of reducing emissions from uh, things like transport and, and so on. So it's going to take governmental level um, decisions to, to buy into those new technologies ultimately. Uh, we're going to need to see a lot of investment, um, not just in uh, sort of mitigating the effects, but actually adapting the way we work now to, to basically have a more sustainable lifestyle. Can you talk me through the impact on sea levels if we assume that anything beyond the most ambitious scenario will lead to some degree of degradation of the ice shelf and therefore the ice sheet that's lying behind it will start flowing and then raising sea levels. Have you been able to project what sea levels would look like at, say, the end of the century under different scenarios with the contribution of the, the polar ice cap? So the work we've done basically comes up with a number f which is the, the contribution from the Antarctic ice sheet by the end of the century. And depending on the way that we set up the model, we can take a very conservative approach or we can take um, what we feel is the more realistic approach. With the very conservative approach, we'll end up with maybe a contribution of, of only 10 centimetres by the end of the century. But in the scenario which we think is more realistic, it's looking like 40 centimetres. And this is about... From eight, Antarctica alone? Just from Antarctica, yeah. So that's on top of what we're already seeing through thermal expansion and from other ice caps? Absolutely. And the thermal expansion and the contribution from uh, mountain glaciers worldwide, those are currently the two biggest contributors to, to sea level rise. And then, of course, there's contributions from the Greenland ice sheet. So if we're right about this 40 centimetres, it could be you know even more than that. We're looking at maybe a metre and a half in total uh, sea level rise by 2100. It implies not only ambitious action, but it gives it urgency as well in the sense that there isn't much more time to just talk about it. Yes, I think it's something about human nature that we don't like to respond to threats or danger until they're very clear and present. Right um, in your face, basically. Yeah, exactly. You know, It's, it's a, a survival instinct, I suppose. Um, you, you tend to not respond to things which you can't see. The reality is that what we're doing now in terms of um, greenhouse gas emissions is essentially setting up the climate for warming that will persist for centuries and, and probably millennia. Now, the thing about ice sheets is that they respond to long-term changes like this, and it's very hard to reverse that change. So if we were to stop all the greenhouse gas emissions, we could probably maintain temperatures uh, as they are now. But the thing is, the CO2 in the atmosphere has a very long uh, lifetime. So if we keep burning fossil fuels, if we keep emitting greenhouse gases for several more decades, centuries, all that CO2 in the atmosphere will stay there for a very long time, which means the warming effect that it has will go on for a very long time. And the ice sheets will start absorbing all that heat. And once you've made the ice warmer, it's softer, it flows faster, it's very hard to get that heat out again. So really, to avoid getting to that you know, two degrees 
uh, warmer than present uh, threshold, we need to start doing things now. We need to start really reducing the, the, the emissions as much as possible. We need to do that in the next probably one to two decades. Certainly three decades is probably your upper limit. Uh, beyond that, we're going to be uh, in the territory of propagating changes that we, we can't really reverse. That was Nick Gollich at Victoria University's Antarctic Research Centre. That's all for now. For more, check us out on the web, radioNZ.co.nz forward slash Our Changing World. Kia ora mai. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.